church, how we doing? How are we doing? Man, that's what I'm talking about. Man, are you guys happy to be here today? I am. I am. Man, God is good, man. I love, I love coming in this place and worshiping with you guys. It's so much fun. It's the best part of my week, just to come in here. And I, I love getting up here and teaching and preaching. That's fun for me. But the best part, the thing I look forward to more than anything during the week is that 30 minutes or so that we get in here where we just get to sing together and worship God. And he's just, he's just good, man. It's awesome. So I am, uh, I'm happy to be here with you today. I'm glad that you're here. I hope you're happy that you're here. Um, and we are, uh, if you're new here with us today, we just started a series last week uh, starting off in the book Song of Solomon or Song of Songs, uh, which gets everybody in church nervous. Amen? Right? Gets everybody nervous. Um, Anna Martin, who's uh, Billy Martin's wife, our, our youth pastor's wife, she said uh, a long time ago, a couple years ago, I told her I was planning on preaching in Song of Songs around this time. And she said, yeah, that's the one book you can tell was definitely written by a man, right? Amen? And, uh, <laughs> but here's the thing about Song of Solomon, or I'm going to call it Song of Songs, is that um, it really is this incredible, beautiful book full of so much depth uh, for us and so much value for us as Christians. Uh, and it gives us this beautiful picture of what intimacy can look like and should look like in a marriage. And I know that when we start talking about this and we start using the word sex in church, we get really uncomfortable. But here's the thing we got to remember. This was God's idea, right? Amen? Right again, when he created Adam and Eve, he did, wasn't surprised at what they did, right? When he put them naked in the garden. Amen? Right? Some of you are like, am I allowed to amen that? Is that okay? Right? All right? But here's the thing. It was God's idea, God's creation, God's design. And so we're going to, it's something that is beautiful, meant to be enjoyed, meant to create a spiritual connection between a, a man and a woman, and it's, it's beautiful. So we're going to talk about it. We're going to explore it. I'm not going to pull a lot of punches because uh, there's, there's a lot of things that Song of Songs says uh, that maybe you would rush over because you don't want to talk about it because it makes you uncomfortable or nervous. But, but I, I, I think it's important that we understand that this book is not G-rated. Now, I'm not going to go R with you, but we're going to hit PG-13, okay? Right? We're going to hit PG-13. Like, for example, at the end of the day, there's a part where she tells Solomon to come explore the mountains, and she ain't talking about the Rockies, okay? And so sometimes we move past that, and we think, oh, okay, this is— you know, no, 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 right? We need to, we will talk about it, okay? And you're like, that's in the Bible? Yes! And some of you guys are like, I need to read my Bible. Yes, you do, right? Yes, you do. There's some good things in there, okay? Um, so we want to look at what this book is saying so we can understand how God views sex, intimacy, and the marriage. So, and, and I even think, somebody asked me uh, this week, I had lunch with a guy, and he said, why do you think God wrote, put Song of Songs in the Bible? And I think twofold. One, he put it in there so that we can understand how he designed intimacy between a man and woman to look like, feel like, and be, because it gets, so much of it gets perverted and distorted, and so it's a beautiful picture that we can come back to and read in the scriptures and understand what that's supposed to look like for us. Secondly, and I know this makes us uncomfortable, not, but part of it, too, is you'll see, now again, it's not all about sex and things like that. There's a lot in it that shows pursuit and picture of love, and I think a lot of it is a picture of God's pursuit of us as his creation and his love towards us as his creation. So there's some beautiful things in here for us to look at and understand. And so we're, we're going to talk about it. If you were here last week with us, 
um, we began what we what I called. I know we're uh, calling a series. What's love got to do with it? Uh, but last week and this week kind of blend together. It's parts one and two. So last week was foundations of intimacy part one. This is going to be foundations of intimacy part two. And one of the reasons why we call it foundations of intimacy is because at this point in uh, Song of Songs, uh, King Solomon and his bride aren't married yet. And so they're actually going to get married in uh, chapter three. They're going to talk, we're going to talk about their wedding night next week. So you guys mark your calendars for that one, okay? Talk about their wedding night next week. Um, but what we're looking at in chapters one and two uh, is what creates and a glimpse of what uh, the foundation of their marriage that they're heading into looks like. What, what the building blocks were of that, uh, that, that, that it gives them a strong foundation for uh, the intimacy and for the depth of their relationship. And so uh, that's what we're kind of dealing with today. If you were here last week, the three things that we looked at were as far as foundations of intimacy was number one, that each person must value one another. Each person must show value to one another. Each person must see the best in one another. Not always looking to see the worst. Remember, people will rise to what you believe in them. How you see them is who they're going to be. And so we want to see the best in one another. And then thirdly, we looked at this idea of being allowed because there's trust, because uh, we see the best in one another, because we value uh, one another. There's this, uh, there's this thing that happens where we're allowed to be vulnerable and safe with one another. And so that's kind of what we looked at last week. And if you remember, there was a lot of uh, Solomon's bride speaking, or, or excuse me, there's a lot of words from Solomon speaking words of affirmation to his bride because she came into it feeling bad about herself. If you remember, she uh, came in and she said, basically said, I feel ugly. And he tells her how beautiful she is, how much he values her. And the whole chapter one is him really building her up. And at the end of it, she says, I'm a lily of the valley, a rose of Sharon. It's this beautiful thing. Well, as we turn to chapter two, it kind of switches. And now she's talking to him about who he is to her. And so that's what we're going to look at today. And again, I got to warn you, a lot of it is not exactly G-rated, okay? So let's get into it. It's going to be fun, all right? Chapter 2, verse 1, and this is where we left off last week. She says, I'm a wildflower of Sharon, a lily of the valley. So remember, she was feeling insecure about herself. He, he, she says, don't even look at me. Basically, I'm ugly. And he says all these wonderful things to her, and she finishes by saying, I'm a lily. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a lily of the valley, or a wildflower of Sharon, a lily of the valley. But then look at verse 2, because King Solomon ain't done. Man, we got a lot to learn from King Solomon, okay? Because she's like, I feel like a beautiful flower in the valley. And he says, like a lily among the thorns, baby. Right? Like, you're not even one of the flowers. All the other flowers are thorns compared to you, my girl, right? Y'all picking that up, boys? You need to use that, right? That's a good line, right? It's a good line. Like a lily among the thorns, so is my darling among the young women. And here she is in verse 3. Now she begins to tell him who he is to her. She says, like an apricot tree among the trees of the forest, so is my love among the men, the, uh, the young men. I delight to sit in his shade, and his fruit is sweet to my tastes. Now, you might say, why is she calling him an apricot tree in the forest? Like, that's weird. Like, again, last week, remember, she was feeling ugly, and he's like, baby, you're like a horse. And we're like, what? That's weird, right? 
But what she's saying is like an apricot tree is not something that is expected, right? So when you go into a forest, like imagine you're hiking through the forest and see all these different types of trees, and if you were to come up on an apricot tree in the forest, it was going to be rare because that didn't happen often. It was going to be unexpected because they weren't there in the forest, and it was going to be valuable. It was going to be beautiful. It was going to be attractive. And so she's saying, Basically, you're different than all the other trees of the forest. You're something special in the forest. Of all the guys out there, you're different, you're special, you're rare, you're unexpected, and you're attractive to me. And then you see that. She says, and I delight to sit in your shade. You think, what does that mean exactly? Well, imagine walking through the forest. You're hiking through the forest. Katie and I were hiking the other day, and I got some stories to tell you. I can't mention them from here. There was some interesting stuff we saw. Um, but imagine hiking through the forest, and uh, as you're walking, you're tired, you're exhausted, and you see this beautiful apricot tree with luscious fruit on it, beautiful shade, and you go and sit under that tree, and you relax, and you feel comfortable, you feel at peace, and, and what she's saying to him is you're rare, you're, unex, you're unexpected, you're valuable, and I love to come and be with you because you protect me with your shade. I feel protected by you. I feel comfortable with you. I feel safe with you. You see that? So she's saying, she's saying, you're rare, you're valuable, you're unexpected, and when I'm with you, I'd like to sit in your shade because you protect me from the sun. You make me feel safe and at home. And then she says, your fruit is sweet to my taste. And what she's saying, that of course, there is pretty sensual, and but it's not out of bounds. It's romantic. You understand? What, what she's saying is you provide for me, you protect me, you give me a place of comfort, and that attracts me to you, and I love to be with you. What you provide me is, is beautiful, and I love it. I love it. Now, and I would say this, especially to the guys today, and this goes, this, all this goes both ways, right? So throughout the series, it's not going to be like, yeah, man, you need to do that. Yeah, girl, this is just for the women, but I will, or just for the men, but I will say to the guys out there that I think your spouses or your relationships, that she needs to know that she's safe with you. Amen? She, she needs to know that you pr are a provider for her, that you provide for her safety and comfort and peace. In this crazy world with ups and downs, with scary things out there, our homes, our spouses, our relationships need to be a place of comfort, safety, peace, and provision for us. And that's what she's saying he is to her. You're a place of peace, comfort, provision. You provide for me. And then look at verse 4. She says, he brought me to the banquet hall and he looked on me with love. This verse is beautiful. She starts off by saying, your place of protection, comfort, and safety. Now she says, you took me to the banquet hall and looked on me with love. And you say, well, what does that mean? Well, the word banquet hall there literally translates to house of wine. Okay. Now, what that means is basically, he, I know you're thinking like a bar or something, but what he's doing is he's taking her to the local watering hole where basically everybody would gather, right? The place where everybody goes to hang out after work, the place where everybody meets up to watch the football game or the baseball game or, I don't know, house hunters, what other, what other things people watch in the afternoons, right? And so he's like, you took me to the place where everybody gathers, where everybody hangs out with me, the local city spot, the popular spot in the city. And she says, you looked on me with love. And you may have a Bible translation that, that translates that as, uh, he took me to this place and his banner of love was over me. That's literally what it translates to, is his banner of love was over me. And that, that phrase, 
banner of love is a military term. When, and you can imagine uh, the idea there is you have an army that's marching. They're going to battle. They're walking through. And when the armies were marching, they had a banner that would hang over the, the armies that they would carry with them that described and said, this is who we serve. This is our king. This is where we're coming from. This is our city. And so she's saying, his banner was over me, uh, displaying his allegiance to me, his connection to me. What she's saying is, he took me to the local watering hole where everybody was, and he claimed me. He said I was his girl. He said he, he looked on me with love. He wasn't ashamed of me. He wanted the whole world to know that he was in love with me and that I was his. You see that? And, and that's not like uh, claimed as in she's mine. Y'all get that's like, no, 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 I, that, that's, my, that's my girl. Y'all see her? She's beautiful. She's, she's all mine. She's amazing. She's Oh my, he wanted everybody to know that that was his girl and he was absolutely in love with her and he wasn't ashamed to say it. You say, well, why is that important? He wanted the world to know. He wasn't ashamed. He wanted the world to know publicly how he felt about his girl, right? Some of you guys, you get on the phone with your girl and she's like, I love you. And you're like, I'm on the guys, right? Say it. I love you, right? I love you, geez, right? No, right? How do we talk? Well, got to go home to the old ball and chain. He's like, that's the opposite of what King Solomon's doing here. He's like walking through. I love you, girl. Snookums. I'll see you, right? Walking into Buffalo Wild Wings. I love you, sweetie. But it's like, dude, stop. He's like, I, I don't care. I love my girl. I'm not ashamed. Right? Put her on FaceTime. Y'all see her? Mm-hmm. Right? Right? His banner of love. He was proud. And it didn't, this isn't just an Instagram post, right? Which is a good thing, too. Do that for your girls. But he's not like... Instagram, love you, which is good, do that. But this is relating to how he represented her in front of the world. How he represented his feelings towards her in front of the world. How he, listen, hear me guys and gals, this is him saying, this is it representing how he spoke about her to the world. You hear that? Right? Some of us need to change the way we talk about our spouse or our relationships to our friends and the rest of the world. You hear me? That deserves a big amen. Right? Y'all afraid to amen, though, because you don't want them to think you're talking about him, right, or her, right? Amen, right? Right? Why don't you do that for me, right? Talking about how he spoke to the public about his girl, how he represented her to the public, to the world. It's this idea that he's, he loves her and he wants everybody to know it, right? And you say, well, does that mean that I got to pretend like everything's perfect all the time when it's not? Does it mean that I got to tell my friends, like, everything's great, even though you're dying inside, right? And, like, you're afraid to go home, right? Not necessarily, right? Because there needs to be those people, whether it's friends or pastors or counselors or people that when you're struggling in your marriage, you're having issues in your marriage, you're having issues with your spouse, and if you're married, you will. Can I get an amen? Right? You will, because it's hard, right? Not my marriage. Katie and I are perfect. We're great. Never struggled, never fought once. And everybody said, he's a liar, because I am, right? Um, but you need to have these people that you can talk to about these things. But the thing you broadcast to the world in general doesn't mean to be, she stinks, man. I'm a ball and chain. Oh, she's always just nagging at me, right? She's the worst. No, 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 no. You need to represent your spouse, your relationship well to the world, right? They're going to see her or him through your eyes, and your banner of love needs to be over them. Amen? Amen, right? We all want to feel that way from our spouse, don't we? We, we all want to feel like our spouse is proud of us, don't we? We all want to feel like our spouse wants, like, thinks the best of us, and when they talk about their friends, they're talking about how great we are, don't we? Right? 
Amen. That's good stuff. Now look at how look at how she responds to this. So she says, he took me to the banquet hall and his banner of love was over me. And look at how it makes her respond. Now y'all need to relax here because it's about to get pretty crazy. Uh, chapter 2, verse 5. She says, again, he took me to the banquet hall, his banner was over me. And she says, sustain me with raisins, refresh me with apricot. Essentially, get over here, you old apricot tree, right? For I am lovesick. May his left hand be under my hand and his right arm embrace me. Now, you're saying, what's she talking about raisins and apricots for? Well, raisins and apricots were considered aphrodisiacs at this time. Mm-hmm, that's right. And what she's saying to him is the one, y'all, y'all better relax out there. Don't be mad at me. I'm just telling you what the Bible says, okay? What she's saying to him is the way you love me like that makes me want to be with you all night long. So you better go get the apricots and raisins because I'm going to need some food to sustain you. Do you hear me? It makes you nervous, I know. You're like, can he say that from the stage? Right? But that's what she's saying to him. She's saying the way that you love me wants me to be intimate with you. Isn't that beautiful? And I know that makes us, again, I know we're laughing about it. It makes us uncomfortable. But that's the way a marriage should be. That's the way a relationship should be. She says, she says, I am lovesick. And that is emphatic. That is like, like, like now. Like I, I'm feeling all of these things right now. And again, it's not, it is not G-rated, but that's what it is, right? She's describing, I want you to catch this, because this is important. If you're taking notes, write this down. She's describing who her man is to us. This is, you protect me, you're proud of me, you represent me well to the world. She's describing for him who he is to her. She's naming it, right? She's naming it. This is what you do for me. This is who you are for me. And she's responding to who he is for her. You see that? Isn't that cool? Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that great? We all want that, don't we? We all want that. And her following line there is pretty cool. She says, may your left hand be under my head and your right arm embrace me. So she's saying, you come embrace me and give me a kiss, boy. Right? Give me a kiss. But the word for embrace there is a word that is both a, it is a sexual term, but it's also a word that means friendship. Friendship. So it's not just, this is like carnal, like let's get after it. But it's, I want to be with you because of the friendship that we have. Can you see that? It's because of the depth of our relationship. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. But here's the problem. There's always a problem in there. In there. They're not actually married at this point. So she's feeling all these things, and she's wanting to get with her man, and she's talking about this is who you are, and she's having all these emotions, but now she turns to her friends. Remember, she's talking to her friends here. Verse 7, she says, Young women of Jerusalem, I charge you by the gazelles and the wild does of the fields. Isn't that, the language here is hilarious, isn't it? I charge you by the gazelles and the wild does of the fields. Do not stir up or awaken love until it's appropriate and so she's having all these feelings. She's describing to us who her man is. She's having all these feelings about her man, and yet she's saying, okay, hold up. I got to refrain. I got to restrain myself. I got to calm down. I want this dude, but I'm going to wait for the wedding. All right, here we go. And I do think it's important to point this out. And the reason why I point this out is because a lot of times when you're in a dating relationship or in this relationship, you have these sexual feelings towards that person, and you feel bad about it, right? Don't you? That's at least sometimes what it's taught about in the church, right? It's like, if you're attracted to him, you're attracted to her, you better repent and refrain yourself, right? Restrain yourself, right? Right? Isn't that what we do? But let me tell y'all a secret, and I don't, I don't know if I could admit this from the stage, okay? But I'm going to. 
Um, when Katie and I got married, when I put that wedding ring on her finger, it was not the first time I noticed that she was attractive. Right? Now, you'll have to ask her if she felt that way about me. I goes up, she's like, suddenly, I think you look good, right? Bust out the jewelry, right? Amen, guys, right? Of course, right? There's an attraction there. There's feelings there. There's emotions there. And that's beautiful. But what she's saying is, I'm going to take these things. I'm feeling these things to my guy. I'm going to be honest about it, not ashamed for how I'm feeling towards this dude. And yet, I'm going to try to handle it in a wise and godly way. You get that? Amen? Amen. So now we have the scene shift. So she tells us all these things about her guy, who he is, what he means to her, what she wants to do with him. Uh, and then the scene kind of shifts. So uh, she's talking about him. And all this time she's been talking about him, she's kind of waiting for a date. So, so she's basically, if you can imagine a woman sitting there thinking about her guy and who he is there, and she's, it's a couple hours before the date, she's getting ready, and she's thinking all these things about him because here comes really their last date before they get married. And I know it's probably bigger than that and different than that. They're kind of courting, but this is, this is the way the Bible describes it to us. So this whole time, she's been thinking about him, waiting for the date, and now here he comes. Can you feel the excitement? Here he comes. Here he comes for their last date before the wedding. Chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, she says, Listen, my love is approaching. Look, here he comes, leaping over the mountains, bounding over the hills. My love is like a gazelle or a young stag. We like that, don't we, guys? Right? Oh, here comes my young stag, right? Woo! Right? Still as old and over the hill and fat stags. But hey, we're still stags, right? Right? Still counts. <laughs> Amen. There it is. Amen. <laughs> she said, my love is like a gazelle or a young stag. So here he comes. He's bounding over the hills. He's coming for the date. She sees him. And he says, see, he is, now this part's kind of funny to me. He says, see, he is standing behind our wall and gazing through the windows, peering through the lattice. And we hear that and we think of like weird peeping Tom, don't we? Right, here he comes. He's bounding over the hills. Here he comes. Then like fence, he's like, you're like, getting weird, dude. Like, come on, Solomon. Did you not hear what she just said about you? She wants the raisins, man. Let's go. It's okay. Right? Sorry. I'm sorry. Here's the thing. Here's why she describes it this way. She says, here comes my man. He's leaping over, the, like a young stag, leaping over the hills, bounding over the mountains. And what she's talking about there is he is pursuing me. You see that? He's pursuing me. He's coming after me. He's, he's not like some guy being too cool for school, just kind of walk up and be like, hey, girl, you want to go on a date? No, no, he's excited. He's doing everything he can to get with her, to show up for the date. He's racing to get to her. You see that? He's, he's bounding over there. You, you ever bounded over a hill, right? Probably not. He's, he's running like a gazelle because he wants to get with his girl. What she's saying is, Solomon, you pursue me. Guys, our girls need to be pursued by us. Amen? Amen. They need to feel pursued. She's saying, he's pursuing me. And then it says, then he stood over the lattice and looked at me. And I was joking like it's creepy and it does sound weird. But the idea here is he's running. He's racing to be with her. And then he sees her and he stops and is like, oh my goodness. It's the image of uh, a man who's marrying his girl, and he's standing up at the altar with the, the pastor and his closest friends, and the pastor says, all rise, and the door is open, and out comes his girl, and he goes, whoa. You see it? Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that beautiful? What, what he's saying to her is, you're pursuing me, you're chasing after me, and then when you saw me, you went, worth it. 
Get it? Worth it. Isn't that cool? It's beautiful. Let me say this. And again, I know I'm talking directly to the guys here, but guys, your girl needs to feel pursued by you, and she needs to know from you that she is worth the pursuit. Amen? Amen. That, need, that deserves a stronger amen. Amen? Uh, there we go. Yeah, the girls need to say amen on that one too, don't we? Like, yeah, we need to hear it. Tell me I'm worth it, right? It's, it's romance, it's dates, it's words of affirmation. And then they describe the date, and I'll, I'm just going to read it. I'm not, I don't have time to go through the whole thing. But she says, uh, in verse 10, she says, Arise, my darling. Or he says to her now, Arise, my darling. Come away, my beautiful one. You see these words? That he's, my darling, my beautiful one. He says, For now, winter is past. So they're, they're entering into a new season. They're going to get married. He's saying, The winter is past. Now comes spring, baby. Let's go, right? For now, the, the rain has ended and gone away. The blossoms appear in the countryside. The time of singing has come, and the turtle doves are cooing. Uh, the, the turtle doves cooing is heard in our land. Solomon's a good poet, isn't he? The fig trees ripen its figs. The blossoming vines give off their fragrance. Arise, my darling, come away, my beautiful one, beautiful one. My dove in the cleft of the rock and the crevices of the cliff. Let me see your face. Let me hear your voice. For your voice is sweet and your face is lovely. Everybody said, why don't you write poems about like that for me, right? Come on. <laughs> and at the end of the date, so they go on this date, which I just described, and it's beautiful and fun. And at the end of the date, she turns to him, if you can just imagine, and she says this to him, and it's, it's pretty important. And, and it seems a little out of place, but it's not. Um, he, she told him how he provides a place of comfort and protection for her. He told her how he represents her well to the world, how he shows the world he's proud of her, that he gets to be with her. He, she told us how it's, it's, uh, he pursues her, how he makes her feel worth the pursuit. And now she says this to him in 2.15, and I, we don't need to miss this because this is important. She says, catch the foxes for us. Not for me. She says, catch the foxes for us. The little foxes ruin the vineyards and our vineyards are in bloom. You remember last week, she described herself as the vineyard, right? She said, I haven't taken care of my vineyard. And now she's saying, we are a vineyard. Catch the foxes for us. The vineyard is describing their relationship and their relationship's in bloom right now, right? The, the seasons are changing. Their relationship is blooming. And yet, we gotta be, pay attention. Watch out for the foxes. Foxes were known for coming in being sneaky, being crafty, being, uh, because they were sneaky and crafty, maybe being overlooked, and they love to come in and eat all the grapes. And what she's saying is, our marriage is about to be in bloom. We're about to get married. And, and we're trying to build this foundation for our life, and there's something beautiful happening here, and the raisins, right, the raisins are blooming, and, but we have to be careful because the, those things need time to develop. They need time to grow. Our relationship needs time to grow build a foundation, but if we're not careful, if you don't pay attention, honey, if you don't watch out, there's going to be little foxes, and they're going to come in, and they're going to sneak in, and we may, we may think, oh, it's a cute little fox, and it's not that big of a deal, and I don't really need to worry about it, but if we're not careful, they're going to come in, and they're going to eat every good thing that is trying to bloom in our marriage. You see that? Amen? You see it? 
she's warning him. She's saying, our love is blooming, but if we aren't careful, if we don't pay attention, there could be these little things that sneak in our marriage that cause bitterness. There could be these little things that sneak in our marriage that, that cause anger, that cause unforgiveness, that, that ruin this love that is trying to bloom in our marriage, that, that's love that's trying to bloom within us. And if we're not careful, honey, if you don't, if you don't look out, if you're not on watch, there could be these little things that sneak in and destroy what is trying to be built. Some of us have already know that because we've experienced that, haven't we? Yeah? We've experienced it. She's saying our marriage is going to be beautiful, but it needs time to grow and be built on a solid foundation. And what she's saying to him is, honey, I need you to be willing to fight for us. See it? And I need you to be willing to be on guard. I need you to be willing to step up for me and for us. You see that? Beautiful. We need to be proactive in our relationships. And this, again, isn't just for the men. This is for the ladies, too. We need to be proactive in our relationships about looking out for and seeing the little things that could sneak in that we go, oh, it's not a big deal. But it could be a big deal. These little things that could sneak in and you go, oh, it's just a little hurt. It's just a little pain. I just let that word slip. I just called her that. I just called him that. We'll get over it. It's no big deal. No, it is a big deal. And if we're not careful, those things can sneak in and destroy every good thing that you are trying to build in your marriage. You see that? Amen. And then she finishes the passage with this. She says, My love is mine and I am his. He feeds me among the lilies until the day breaks and the shadows flee. She said, He takes care of me until the fear goes, until the danger, the shadows represent darkness and danger and fear. Because he stays with me. He takes care of me until the danger flees. Turn around, my love, and be like a gazelle or a young stag on the divided mountains. There go the Rockies, right? Woo! So what's the point of the day? A couple things. One, I would say this. Men, women, wherever you are, in your relationships, you need to work on being these things for one another. See it? Right? Do, to, like, and, and I know I keep saying this. A lot of this is focused on the guys here. And it does go both ways. But there's a lot of this focus on the guys. We, we need to be a place where our spouses can feel safe and provided for. And I'm not just talking about financially, but just that emotionally, spiritually, mentally, that we provide and do our best to provide what one another needs in our relationships. That we would be proud of one another. We would speak well of one another. Not just to one another, but to the world. That they would see how we feel about that person and that the things we feel about them are awesome. Amen? Right? Because here's the thing. I'll give you a little secret. Um, if you married that person or you're with that person and all you got to do is, all you can do is say bad things about them and all, oh, yeah, they suck, they're stupid, they're this. Well, guess what? That makes you look like an idiot for marrying them. Whoa! Well, who's the dumb-dumb that gave them the ring, right? You! It's your fault, right? So maybe if you want yourself to look good, why don't you talk about how great your spouse is? There you go. How about a little selfish tip there for you? Maybe I'll get you started. Right? My wife is hot. What you talking about? Look, I got her, right? Like, how? I don't know. Grace of God. Amen? Right? Your spouses, your relationships need to feel pursued by you, and they need to know they're worth the pursuit. Amen? And then finally, you need to, in your relationships, fight to protect 
protect them and look out for the little things. We, we always look for the big things, but it's the little things that become big things, right? It's the little things that become big things. And here's the thing. Here's what I want. Is maybe you need to go home today and have a conversation about how that's going, right? And just say, hey, I'm thinking about these things, and do you feel protected? Do you feel provided? Do you, do you feel like I pursue you? Do, you? do you feel like I fight for us? Do you feel, and just have these conversations. And again, it's not like last week. I'm, say, I'm saying, like I said last week, don't go home and be like, you don't do that for me. You stink, right? No, no. How about, hey, here's what I feel. Let's talk about how we feel. And if you get approached by your spouse or someone you're in a relationship with, and they say, hey, here's what I'm feeling, you don't put up the walls and go, no, right? Because they're coming to you for a reason. And so if you want healing, if you want growth, if you want health, then you need to, both people need to be open and willing to talk and discuss, put the pride on the floor and have open and honest conversations. Amen? Amen. Maybe you need to go home and say, how can I do better? How can we do better? How can we do better? And then secondly, here's the second part of that is, I want you to see what she does for him. Because she talked about all the things that he does for her, and we need to do those things for one another. But the flip side of that, remember, is she does this thing where she sees everything that he's doing for her. She sees everything that she's doing. She recognizes who he is to her, recognizes what he's doing for her, and she speaks it out loud. Maybe we need to work on doing that for one another. Hey, this is who you are for me. This is what you do for me. This is how, why I'm so grateful for you, right? These are the things that you do for me. He, she speaks it out loud. She tells him who it is, and then she responds to him. Isn't that beautiful? She responds to him. And I know that a lot of this is, uh, is, is she's responding sensually and sexually in a lot of ways, but it's not, it's not just that. It's not just that, right? Everything that he is is making her want to be intimate with him. And that's not just a sexual thing. Remember, she says, we're friends, and there's this other part, too. She says her response to who he is is she wants to be with him. She wants to be intimate with him. She desires him. That's good and beautiful. We, we need to see who one another are. Speak it out loud. Say it. Hey, you're this. You're great. Thank you for who you are. I love that. And respond to one another. And sometimes that can be sensually. That can be sexually. That's a good thing. That's a beautiful thing. But it's not only that. You hear me? Amen? She responds. She acknowledges who he is, and she responds to him lovingly, affectionately, and passionately to who he is. Isn't that cool? And again, that's not, that goes both ways. That goes both ways, right? I mean, guys, you can try it. Go home and take out the trash today and be like, huh? 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 Right? Did it. Right? She's like, finally, for once, right? Right? There's a lot of beauty in these passages, but overall my hope for us as we walk through this series is that we would learn to do that, that we would learn to see one another for who they are, see the good in one another, see the beauty in one another, and encourage us, speak it, respond to one another. As we talk about some of these hard things, because I know we're joking a lot and we're having a lot of fun, and I'm, I know I'm goofing all over the place and whatever, but, but at the end of the day, my hope is that you would go home from here, and maybe your relationship is struggling, you're having a hard time, and you go home and you need to have those conversations, or maybe things are going great, but you need to go at home and proactively have those conversations. Amen. But here's the biggest thing I want is for us to go home, be able to have these conversations, and if you're feeling these things, and you're like, man, I wish that he would uh, speak 
life to me and respond to what I do for him or just tell me that he's grateful for me or maybe you're saying I wish she would you know provide these things for me or that she would represent me well and maybe you're feeling all these things but all you do is hold that in and you don't share that with the other person nothing is going to change for you you hear me nothing's going to change for you the the most a lot of times in relationships they say the thing that ruins relationships more than anything is unmet expectations but that's not true the, mo- the, th- the biggest thing that ruins relationships, in my opinion, is unspoken, unmet expectations. See that? Because what we often do is we sit at home, and I, you hear me reading this list and going through this sermon, and you're like, she doesn't do that. And she's going, he doesn't do that. But you never tell one another, and so you're both secretly mad at one another because you're wanting him to take out the trash, and she's, he's wanting you to take out the trash, but nobody ever talks about who takes out the trash. And so everybody's just angry about the daggum trash, but if you would just talk about it, define the terms, define the expectations, then you have a foundation to grow on. You got it? Amen? Stand with me, River Church. Stand with me. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for a book like Song of Songs that we can talk about, we can laugh about, and have a good time. And thank you, God, that you wrote a book that you put in the scriptures that talks about intimacy and sex and things like that so that we can understand your expectations. We can, you can define what that beautiful thing looks like for us. And in many ways, we can be set free from guilt that we put on ourselves, that we can see that this is good, that it's beautiful, that you created it, you designed it uh, and to be healthy and good, to connect two people. God, we're thankful for that. So God, I, I pray that through this series that we would learn, that we would see your expectations for our relationships. But even more than that, God, I pray that you would heal and move and change relationships in this place. I pray that if there's anyone in this place that's going through a hard time in their marriage or going through a, a difficult time in their relationships, that you would use this series to work on them, to soften their hearts, to maybe, maybe something feels lost that could never be found, and yet through your spirit and the words of your of your scriptures could make something broken whole again because you can do that jesus i pray that as we walk through this series that maybe there's people in here who who their relationship is good and things are going great but it's not always going to be that way because that's just how it is and i pray that you would use your scripture and your spirit to give them tools for the rest of their lives that they would have that they could use to when those difficult seasons come up they can rely on and use to change and heal and and maybe even uh, cause uh some scars that were going to happen to not happen. That you would work and you would move and you would heal. God, we love you. We worship you. Thank you for your word. In Christ's name we pray. And everybody said.